0: Hi there, this is your fantastic hour, and I welcome you all to an amazing series of my podcast Ring Double to alarm our present for our future. We all are facing climate change issues, some acknowledge these issues and some don't. Those who acknowledge these issues try to get the solutions. In this Ring Double series, I will bring you stories of those people who are forerunners in discovering the solutions to make this earth healthy for each and every one of us. So, let's get started. If we are to know more about the role played by global politics for a better climate, no one is better to enlighten us about this topic than our today's guest. He is an eminent global leader on environment and development. He also has worked as an experienced peace negotiator. He served as a Norwegian Minister of Environment and in International Development from 2005. 2012. He is none other than the astounding Eric Solheim. Mr. Solheim has been the chair of OECD Development Assistance Committee, the main body of world donors, as well as executive director of UN Environment. He led the peace efforts in Sri Lanka as the main negotiator of the peace process and played a pivotal role in peace efforts in Nepal, Myanmar, and Sudan. Currently, he is a senior advisor at World Resource Institute, and convener of the Global Coalition for Green Belt and Road, and serves as the CEO of the Plastic Revolution Foundation. He is also an advisor to Singapore-based April. Or RGE and co chair of Tree Lion, an Asian green blockchain company. He is also a member of the Green Party in Norway. Hi, Eriksa. Hope you are doing great. It is my great privilege to have you as a guest today.
1: Thank you so much uh, for uh, inviting me to be on this podcast. I'm really privileged to speak to you as well as to many young people in India and, and beyond. Sir, it would be our pleasure
0: to know more about your work directly from you.
1: Uh, as you said, I'm Eric Solem, and I spent more or less my entire life working on environment, on development for poor people and on uh, peace. And I see all these three as very, very much of uh, the same. If you don't have peace, it's very, very hard to develop. And of course, it's much, uh, m- much more difficult to sort of environment issues, while at the same time, ma- massive climate change and environment destruction may make it more likely that we get into wars. So we need to handle all these two together. And uh, we are now in a very, very hopeful spot. We have the once in a generation chance to handle climate issues and to handle the nature crisis. But the main issues, is if we can work together, the main nations of the world, China, the United States, India, and Europe, if you all work together, we will be able to resolve these major challenges. I'm amazed to know about the work you have done.
0: It is really inspirational. Sir, I've heard a lot about your work to clean the plastic waste through Plastic Revolution Foundation. It would be wonderful if you could share about this initiative with our audience.
1: Plastic pollution is a major global crisis. I mean, it affects us in so many ways. Uh, for instance, of course, plastic is a main threat to, uh, to wildlife. Whales or seabirds or f- fishes or even camels and cows eat plastic. Uh, seabirds believe it's food and they even feed the chicks uh, with, uh, with, uh, with plastics and killing their own children. It's also a major economic issue for many parts of the world. I mean, where are the people who want to go to the beautiful beaches of Bali or or wherever uh, if it's full of plastics? And adding to all this, it's a major health issue. We get plastics into our bodies when we eat fish or when we breathe air or when we drink water, and we get monoplastics and and microplastics into our bodies. So this issue we need to stop. We cannot continue to throw plastics into nature and destroy uh, Mother Earth. Uh, fortunately, we know how to solve the problem. I can come back to how we do it. Uh, and you see any number of young people standing up fighting the plastic menace. And in, in India, for instance, a young lawyer in, uh, in the great city of Mumbai, after Shah, he was one day standing at his veranda looking down to his beach. It's called, uh, and he saw this horrible, horrible plastic pollution is basically half a meter hard-packed plastics because no one will go for a walk at the beach no fisherman will catch the fish there and no one will play cricket or soccer uh, working on it and now we have created the biggest beach cleanup operation in human history hundreds of thousands of people have been engaged uh, in cleaning the beaches of Mumbai India and restoring the beauty of this fantastic shoreline
0: I'm awestruck after major actions taken by you to curb down the plastic, which is present in air, water, and even in the bodies of aquatic animals in various places affected by the plastic pollution, like the beaches of Mumbai, as you said. Sir, we often hear about single-use plastic ban. Do you think it is sufficient action to save our Earth, or we should completely look or an alternative
1: of plastic to banish it? Uh, look, uh, plastic uh, is a very useful material. That's why we have been so over-addicted to plastics. When in the early days, uh, plastic came into the market, was seen as a miracle material. People were celebrating all over the world because of this fantastic miracle material. And we also seen during the pandemic crisis that plastic, plastic has been essential to solving problems in the Healthcare. I mean, masks have been made partly from plastics and, of course, uh, protecting material uh, in the health uh, service has been made by, uh, by um, uh, plastic. So it's not uh, possible to make an all-out ban on plastics, but we need to fight it in three different ways. First, let's look to all those plastic materials we don't need, <laughs> many, many uh, plastics we don't need. I mean, cannot we drink from a normal cup like our parents and grandparents all have done? Why do we need a plastic cup to drink our Coke or our tea? Uh, can't we have our meals without plastic cutlery? Uh, can't we celebrate Diwali or Christmas or New Year without sending up balloons which end up in, in nature and are eaten by, by, by animals? Let's look into all those materials we cannot um, we can, we can do without. And let's ban them. That's, by the way, what's happening. The European Union now made a list of plastic items which will be banned in Europe. In India, we have seen many states making similar decisions. I recall once I was trying to buy plastic cutlery in, in the state of Maharashtra. <laughs> and The guy in the shop said, no, 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 no. If you want that, you go to another state. You don't sell it here. Uh, so it, it's banned. Uh, so that first, let's ban what you don't need. Then secondly, let's look for alternatives. Uh, can we make plastic from potatoes or sugarcane um, or, or from uh, cassava or from other natural products? Because then we can make plastic, uh, plastic which degenerate in nature. Uh, if you throw away a, a, a banana skin uh, in the forest of India, it will disappear very fast. If we can make plastics which disappear that fast, uh, it will have no major harm to, to nature and would be a much, much better product. And finally, and most importantly, we need to recycle all the plastics we do need and uh, we cannot make alternatives in the short term. They must be brought in uh, and they must be recycled. Because today you can recycle plastic into new plastic, you can get the bottles into new bottles. Uh, you can make sometimes also, if that's more difficult, you can make... Uh, fuel from plastics, it can replace other fuels. So recycling is very essential, but for recycling to happen, governments need to regulate markets. At the end of the day, those companies who push plastic into the market, I mean, whether they are the plastic producers or the oil companies or the Coca-Cola or Nestlé of this world, they need to solve the problem. That's the polluted pray, pay uh, uh, principle, which we use in any other context. If you are polluting the world, you need to pay for the solution. And governments need to uh, make extended producer responsibility in India, in Europe, in America, everywhere, so that the companies who produce the plastic in and getting it recycled. For sure, this is doable. We just need uh, brave, uh, visionary political leaders to do it and the market and the companies to respond.
0: As you said, plastic was seen as a miracle before and is still seen today. But now it is harming our environment. At the same time, we cannot ban all the plastics, which would lead to a huge loss to our economy. It would be rather wise to curb down the plastic we can reduce, like single-use plastic, make alternatives out of these plastics and also recycle them. This would require a major role of government all around the world. But I'm sure being optimistic will surely make it
1: doable. I remember that uh, when I went into politics in Norway some decades back, uh, the two main environment problems of the day were the hole in the ozone layer, and it was acid rain. I still recall also Barack Obama told me that story when he spoke at at a meeting in, in the United States. Hey, when I was a young politician starting in politics, it was about acid rain. It was about the holy ozone layer. And as I said, no one is talking about these issues any longer. Why is that? My daughters, he said, are not interested. It's because they're so resolved. The holy ozone layer is coming back. There's no, no major problem anymore. And acid rain has diminished in most, most of the world. So, exactly in the same way, we can solve the plastic menace. As we sold the whole in those Day. And you need three components young people like yourself and, and your mother, everyone else mobilizing, speaking about it, telling uh, that we don't want to live this way any longer to mobilize people for action. Secondly, great leaders like, say, Prime Minister Modi to regulate the markets and set the direction. And thirdly, the companies, say, in Indian context, the top or the Lions to invent and make the new technologies we do need.
0: Well said, sir. That the role of the government is essential for regulating the market. Tell the companies and corporates to develop new technologies for curbing down the plastics. I'm sure with more countries joining hands together for curbing down these plastic emissions, we can and we will reduce the number of plastic we use today. Sir, I'm eager to know that how can
1: global politics
0: change the world in a sustainable way?
1: I'm very optimistic now because we are at the junction when all the major leaders of the world are going in a green direction. Starting in China, which is the biggest emitter when it comes to climate, President Xi Jinping uh, in September said that China will go carbon neutral by 2060 and it will, it will uh, peak its emissions in the, uh, in the 2020s. This is a major step by China. And you immediately see the effect, which is all the provinces of China, but some of them are much bigger than nations in the rest of the world. I mean, big, big provinces, cities of 20 million people, uh, companies like Alibaba or Tencent or Huawei, the big Chinese companies, All of them saying, no, we need to change, we need to find a new direction, Uh, and you see China moving uh, very fast. Then in the United States, of course, Joe Biden was just elected president, such a sea change from the past, he will invest heavily in uh, in renewable energies, he's reconnected the United States to the Paris Agreement, and he stopped some of the oil pipelines to Canada, really taking major action on climate just in his few weeks. Um, uh, in office. In India, Prime Minister Modi has formed the International Solar Alliance, and India is in the forefront of solar industries. I mean, the price of solar in India is now the lowest everywhere in the world. India is the first all-solar rail station in the world, in in Assam, the first all-solar airport in the world, uh, in Kerala, and in your city, in Delhi. uh, The the metro will soon get lots of energy uh, from uh, from the Indian state of Madhya Pradesh, uh, solar again. So we see uh, India moving very, very fast. I mean, in the past, all development in India was basically based on coal. Now we will see solar and wind and other energies taking the center states. And in Europe, of course, the European Union has decided green new deal will be the way out of the crisis. That's how we will create new jobs uh, uh, and prosperity uh, after the pan- pandemic crisis. And of course, when China, US, India, Europe, all um, work together and go in the same direction, you will see a major change. But there is one factor underpinning all this, that is that we have a new environment model, a new development model. In the in Early it was very, very clear. First you pollute, then you clean up. Uh, when, you, you, when you are pure, you pollute so that you can get rich. And then you get rich, you start cleaning up the mess. Uh, that was the, in, in reality, it was the only way of the past, because if you wanted to develop fast in the 19th to 20th century, you needed to use coal and oil. Now, in the 21st century, it's not, no, no, no any longer necessary. You can develop very, very fast based on renewables. And that's what you see also in India, where Prime Minister Modi repeated Italy is speaking about the importance of renewable energies and solar because, in, of course, he doesn't want to keep India poor. He wants to, um, India to move very, very fast um, in the right direction. But now you can integrate ecology and economy into one way forward. And you can get n number of jobs in the renewable industries, in electric transport, uh, in, in, in environment friendly green tourism and so many other areas. And of course, the transformation also of agriculture uh, in in a greener direction.
0: Global politics has surely played a major role in eradicating diseases, halting wars, and it has been a game changer during unprecedented times of COVID-19. Taking these examples in the context, I'm optimistic that global politics can discover more solutions to tackle the climate change. And more nations will take inspiration from the sustainable models in countries like India, US, Norway and other superpowers. And you are absolutely right sir, that under the leadership of our honourable Prime Minister Narendra Modi, India has flourished in the field of renewable energy by carrying out ambitious projects for solar power all over the country. India is now emerging as one of the top five global solar superpowers. I am sure that we will be achieving more in renewable energy in the future. So, according to you, what kind of effective policies should be created by policymakers to take actions against climate change?
1: number one is the energy transformation we need to make it more more expensive more difficult to pollute and then coal and oil very fast will disappear uh, and we will base our future energy uh, on solar on wind on hydro and a number of other uh, renewable energies Uh, and of course you need to make uh, the grid so that this, this this can happen so it will be a mixture of government intervention Maybe pricing carbon emissions, and then uh, the private sector driving all these major changes. Secondly, transport. Uh, Indian cities tend to be quite polluted, and there are number of reasons for that. But one of them is very polluting. Uh, sometimes very old uh, fleet of cars. Uh, if that can be changed into a fleet of environment-friendly cars, and also improved public transport, you will see immediate effect on the life of people, less pollution. In Delhi or other Indian cities, but they're also very, very good uh, for climate change. Here in Norway, no, now more than close to 60% of all new cars sold are electric. Uh, India has uh, made some major steps in electrifying the the auto, uh, the auto rickshaws and tuk-tuks, as they call them in other parts of the world. Um, but still, the number of electric cars in India is low, but that, that needs to increase and need to increase fast. Adding to electric cars, public transport is essential. Uh, a few years back, there was hardly any metros in India. I mean, uh, uh, Kolkata, I think, got an, uh, uh, metro in the 1980s, something like that. Um, we had some initial metro lines in Delhi, but very few others. Now 18 Indian sittings, uh, in accordance with the statistics, are established in metro. Just a month back, the uh, prime minister was inaugurating the uh, work in the, on the Agra metro. Uh, so you see a lot is happening, but of course these need to, to, to be speeded up. Thirdly, uh, and added to 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 transport and um, and energy, uh, green solutions, tree planting is very essential. Uh, China is now the world leader in tree planting, uh, greening the greening the surface of the of the planet. They have the best expertise in uh, go, making deserts going green from the from inner Mongolia and have some major tree planting efforts. Think India can also take care, uh, learn, learn from that and, there, and, and so can so can we, so can we uh, in Europe. Um, and the transformation of agriculture into more uh, environment friendly products is very essential. Here India has a huge opportunity also because India is the most vegetarian nation in the world. Uh, we will not all go vegetarian but we, we need to eat a little bit less uh, meat on, on the planet. Uh, and since India has such a long, strong tradition in vegetarianism, it can also lead the world in uh, making the, uh, all, all the vegetables um, uh, and, and green products from, 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 from agriculture which we need and use less fertilizer and, and less energy in the, in the agriculture production. I was involved for quite some time with Andhra Pradesh where they have what they call zero uh, input farming, which is really to use the, uh, all the Uh, leftovers from farming as fertilizer into the new so that you get uh, a very environment-friendly agriculture system. If you add up all this energy use, transport, tree planting, agriculture, and you may add also industries like cement and steel and others, you have the main issues uh, for the green direction uh, and we will be able to solve the the climate problem. It's not easy, but it's for sure doable
0: you have stated wonderful ways to get us out of the climate crisis like energy transformation, price on carbon emissions, improving transportation policies, and transforming the agriculture. But nothing can be achieved if we do not implement the solutions. So Mr. Solheim, what would be your guide to improve implementation of policies on a global level? And how global politics Will lead the way towards implementation?
1: First of all, this starts at the local level and in every nation. Uh, wherever you have the choice, please vote for the green politician. The greener the political leaders are, whether that's in the Delhi uh, metropolitan government or whether it's in the state of Haryana, Uttar Pradesh, or at the Indian national level or globally. Uh, I always advocate young people, please f- figure out what, what are the candidates' promises and uh, history on green issues and vote for the green political leaders. If you have green political leaders and they come together globally, uh, there is no limit to what they can achieve. And here we can take history as the guidance because we tend to forget that in the past we solved very big issues. I think one of the maybe biggest in in, in Indian history when Mahatma Gandhi came back from South Africa uh, around 1920 no one thought it was possible uh, <laughs> to take on the British Empire. British Empire at the time was so powerful, so strong, much stronger than said United States or China is today. It was the most powerful nation probably ever existing in the world. And then this lawyer from, from Gujarat uh, took up the, picked the fight, did it with nonviolent uh, means. And in three days he was absolutely successful and established independent India. But that's just one example. Uh, 200 years back, slavery was normal all over in the, all, all around the world. Uh, Muslims said that, oh, this is in the Quran. We need to have slaves. Christians said, well, this is in the Bible. God told us to have slaves. And some economists say in London, so oh, no, 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 no. The British empire will go down and under if it allow slavery to stop. Then again, some young people, uh, at the time in the United Kingdom, later, of course, the great American president, Abraham Lincoln, one of the greatest politi- political leaders of any time, they took up the fight and they won. And today there's no slavery nowhere in the world. Some people are living under very difficult circumstances, for sure, but nowhere you can send the police to, uh, to uh, arrest your slave and uh, bring, bring him back. And I can give any number of examples. In modern times, of course, we have seen an enormous reduction of poverty everywhere in the world, great progress on many issues. I mean, first time I came to India in the 1980s, there were hundreds of thousands of polio cases in India, hundreds of thousands. For the last seven years, not one, zero. Uh, And that's, I mean, so many young people's lives who were dying or getting major handicaps, uh, destroyed their life. It stopped. Uh, one of the persons who contributed to this was my great friend Harsh Vardam, who is currently the, the Minister of, uh, of uh, uh, Health in India, but he was not alone uh, and it was successful. So the power of humans to change the world, if we, uh, if we stand up and fight for what's right, and if we join hands uh, and come together globally, it's so so big. So let's not worry, it's up to ourselves to do it. We can You
0: have really enlightened us with your knowledge and I completely agree that we should be voting the right candidates who support environmental solutions to tackle climate change and be determined to change the world. Sir, what are your views on Paris Agreement? Will policymakers be able to achieve this global initiative? Are policymakers even willing to achieve it? And Are
1: the actions taken by them sufficient? The Paris Agreement is a major achievement, and we should really pay tribute to all the leaders who made this great, uh, great uh, declaration. Uh, Recall, I I was in Copenhagen. That was 2009. Uh, That was the first big climate conference, and then again in Paris in 2015. Copenhagen was an absolute disaster. Achieved nothing. Uh, made even the global atmosphere worse uh, because those who were in the lead at the time didn't understand the realities of the world. They thought it was enough just to bring a few Western leaders together and they don't invite neither China nor India into the real conversation. And then surprise, surprise, I mean, the Chinese and the Indians didn't like that. They wanted to be sent to states, uh, and the entire process broke down in Copenhagen. Then Mexico and other nations picked it up uh, and fr- fr- France did great in, in Paris and also so did Cristina Figueres in Costa Rica, who was the leader of the convention at the time. So they made a fantastic agreement in Paris. Is it sufficient? Absolutely no. Is it a huge step forward? Yes, indeed. So we are now on the right track, but the main issue is speed. Uh, we are moving in the right direction in the world. Emissions will go down. And we will get a lot more electric cars, better solar energy, all this is for sure. What is needed is urgency and speed, uh, because if you don't act very resolutely and, uh, and fast, uh, we will still have major negative impacts uh, over climate change. If we, if we act with the resoluteness of the, which they wanted to, the, the, the father, some others of the Paris Agreement want us to act, uh, we will, uh, we, we will uh, speed up and then we will be much more successful. So it's a good agreement, not sufficient, that we need to act fast.
0: Paris Agreement is a one-hard global commitment, which requires the will of the policy makers to achieve it. On ground, we are seeing some major actions, but still, we are yet to see the implementation of commitment towards this agreement by most of the policymakers. This should be the world's first priority as no danger is greater than climate change. So do you think that climate protection can be an agenda for the parties in the future elections? How would this benefit us?
1: Absolutely. And I think a lot more has happened in the last year than in long periods before that. Uh, The Russian revolutionary Lenin once said that there are decades where nothing is happening. And then there are years where decades are happening. And 2020, the pandemic year, I think was a year where decades happened in just one year. Because the world is now completely changed. Business all over the world has got the message, understand the need to change. And the main political leaders of the day, President Biden and President Xi, Prime Minister Modi, uh, Chancellor Merkel and President Macron, they are all united in the message that, that we need to change. But I think maybe the most important change is business. All, I mean, rem- <laughs> remind yourself what happened under Trump in the United States. Uh, he, took to, he took the United States out of the Paris Agreement. All the big companies in America said, uh, no, we disagree with you, Mr. President. This is not the right thing to do. We believe climate change is real and we uh, need to act. And maybe the most amazing is Microsoft. They have promised to uh, curb all the um, carbon emissions by 2030 and go carbon negative. They have promised to even compensate for all emissions in the history of the company. They also, by the way, promised to be a non-plastic company. And similar similar pledges have been made by Apple, who will invest heavily in windmills in Europe and other places. Amazon, who will create a fleet of 100,000 electric vehicles for the utility transport. By the way, Biden will make also state utility in in, in America's um, uh, American states uh, electric. So there is a sea change now coming, driven by uh, by visionary leaders like Xi, Biden, and Modi, uh, but also driven by the power of, of the market and uh, and business. Also in China, I've been uh, into many leaders there, and in India. Um, you see, great business leaders like say, I'm mean, Mahindra, driving the change. Tata is on the change. Reliance, uh, all, all the kind of the, the big companies of India, also understand that the, this is a time for change, and I'm sure they will contribute the technologies and 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 the brain power uh, to the and understand the scale of change which is needed.
0: Many parties of different countries are doing so. But if more parties start making climate protection as their agenda, then this would not only change the condition of environment, but also make the people aware of the fact that climate change as a political agenda does require the actions. Sir, in your opinion, is this the time that we need youth climate activists to enter into politics for the betterment of the environment?
1: Absolutely. That, that's the way the world will change. It's like people like you are out, but uh, I'm uh, quite a lot uh, on the internet on Twitter and, uh, um, and other social media. And I get so many responses from young people, in particular in India, who want to change their environment. They are doing tree planting or they are doing uh, sit- sit-ins for, for the climate uh, or they speak to, they join environment groups or they try to uh, influence the political leaders. Uh, This is how change is happening. If we look to change in the past, it happened when young people, the people at large, were demanding change, saying, we we cannot live this way any longer, we need change. And then you see business leaders taking to scale the changes because they believe that the market demands it. And then you see political leaders uh, changing because the voters won't change, and they they want to want to be uh, with, with the with the people. So there is there is no way change will happen just by itself. Uh, we cannot be we cannot be lazy and sit back and say, oh, it will all change. No, uh, we need to fight for it every day wherever we are. But then we will also see this major green shift now, uh, turning the planet in a completely new uh, environment-friendly. Um, uh, way. I mean, earlier today I spoke to a person, an Indian, by the way. He said, We are at war with nature. We can continue like that. We need peace with nature. We need non polluted cities, Delhi, wherever it is, people can breathe uh, great uh, clean air. And we need to solve the combined issues of climate change and, and, and the destruction of nature. But if young people stand up and demand change, it will happen.
0: Youth is a change maker. And as you said, sir, that the young climate activists are enthusiastic to change the world. I think it is the need of the hour for them to enter into politics and create environmental policies for the betterment of the world. Sir, we often see a tussle between people and its government to tackle climate crisis. Do you think any one of them has a major responsibility or both of them have an equal role to play?
1: The main responsibility for the crisis uh, are with the leaders of politics and business. I mean, they need to change, but for that to happen, young people must stand up and fight and, and demand change. And young people in India should join and demand change from BJP, which is the leading part at the moment, but from Congress, from the Communist Party of Marx, uh, India Marxist or from all the regional parties in India. Wherever you are, uh, go into politics and demand change from the big parties or join smaller parties who can can uh, make make change. In Europe, we have seen green parties being much stronger nearly in nearly every nation in Europe. That has been a, had a major impact also on the social democratic and Christian democratic parties. So there has been this green wave uh, in your European politics. I don't want to recommend people and any particular particular platform or any particular political leaders. I'm just happy if green people are joining Congress or BJP or whatever, Shil Senna, whatever in the Indian the party and fight for green policies within within that party.
0: Full on Conquer with their guide to make climate change the first criteria for the government to work on. Climate change is a major threat and cannot be dealt casually. Major problems require major solutions. So for the government to take actions, the people need to stand up and demand for change. Does government and people have to work in partnership to tackle climate change? Mr. Solheim, what would be your piece of advice for the youth climate activists like me to achieve more in their work and become the future comrades of environment?
1: I invite advise, advise all of you to engage with your fellow students, with your parents, uh, in your community. There may be local uh, issues uh, say in the Delhi region uh, in the cleanup of the Amuna River just to give uh, as an example. So engage uh, locally with, uh, with all your people. Speak out, engage in social media, find any ways to uh, provide a message, and then to vote for and support uh, green political leaders, and then demand um, action from from uh, from from business. If you when you go into a shop, ask for the most environment friendly product. Uh, well, very very fast, markets will change. Let me add that it, this is not just about climate; it's also about the cr- crisis of nature. We have been destroying nature at a speed we cannot we cannot uh, accept. Uh, we need to make sure that we protect all the. the the major animals of this planet. And here also there are are some good news. Uh, In India, for instance, we now see an increase in the tiger population, which is very good. Nepal became the first nation in the world, which doubled the number of tigers. And you see in many parts of India, in Assam, in Rajasthan, in in Maharashtra, Madhya Pradesh, you see an increase in tiger population. For instance, because they link the different reserves so that the tiger can go from one reserve to another, maybe to find a mate or to improve uh, the, the, the food, food stock. Um, so we shouldn't work on these matters as well. So do tree planting, conserve the most important ecosystem, make sure that they are not destroyed globally, for sure, protect rainforest and whatever important ecosystem. Um, but I, I also here, I see uh, progress. I think that progress is very often linked to this win-win proposition. You do something is good for nature, but you involve the local people so that they can get more jobs uh, from it. And tourism is now the biggest job producer in the world, creating millions upon millions upon millions of tourists um, uh, all over the world. Uh, and th- that that can pay for If you, if you protect the tigers, well, you will get more tourists and there will be more, more jobs in the hotels and um, for taxi drivers or whatever it may be.
0: Thanks a lot, Mr. Solheim. Your apprising words are full of cognition, which have really inspired our audience and enlightened me. You are a great leader and a fantastic mentor. I'm sure with more leaders like you, we can change the world. Humanity has a single but an important mission to protect and hand over the planet to the future generations. Thank you, sir, and thank you, everyone.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so, so pleased to speak with you, Arav, but also uh, if there are people out there who want to connect with me, please please, please, pay in touch and let's fight for the greener, better planet together.
0: Sure, sir. We will fight for a greener, better planet together. Thanks a lot. you all for listening to this episode of Ring the Bell Podcast. Hope it has been an amazing experience for you and would have found your takeaway from it. I feel nothing is perfect but we should keep trying to make things perfect. So if you feel I should add more sugar or salt to my podcast, do drop in your suggestions at rfc888 at the way gmail.com. Till then, ask and